If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Appreciate you being here with us. Uh, Yeah, it's Redemption Thursday. Wagers went up last hour. We had some... uh, lengthy conversation about Florida State Miami uh, I saw where a few of you agree agree with my sentiment that I, I think it's a it's an opportunity here for Florida State it really is I mean you, you can't say for certain these are uh, again games played by humans as I like to say so who knows if we we come out tight or we blow some opportunities in the red zone which has been our mo this year we'll, we'll see but I I really think if Florida State plays well if Florida State plays to the uh, to, to their ability to the best of their ability uh, I know this like bland cliche analysis. What I'm saying is, I think Florida State may be primed here in a very good spot. You know, we talk a lot about who you play matters, when you play them matters, and you know when you're injured or you're co- you got a couple guys out in key matchups against certain teams, it's it's more precarious than others. Where you're kind of like, ah, how are we going to scheme around that? Miami is kind of beat up at key positions. They haven't played real well. I would guess their psyche's not great. Yeah, they'll puff out their chest. It's Florida State. They'll see the garnet and the gold, and they'll for once have a packed house to play in front of, and it's at night, and it's a rivalry game, and they're desperate. Initially, I think, yeah, they'll come out with a lot of what for. All teams should in a rivalry matchup, that's for sure. Uh, but then the game starts, and, and that, you know, emotions settle down. It's about execution. It's about playing well and executing the plan. And I think if Florida State does that well, uh, if both teams play to the best of their ability, I think Florida State covers this game, and I think they win it comfortably. I really do. The chance for a blowout, I believe, is real. Doesn't mean it'll happen, but I believe it's real. I predicted us to win big. And one of the reasons is I think Florida State is going to play well. I, it, oddly, for as much as we were frustrated last week with the way they came out to start that game fresh off a bye, you know, you could argue it didn't take long for them to realize Georgia Tech didn't have anything for them. Georgia Tech wasn't going to win that game. We could have played 18 quarters. and it wouldn't. I mean, they were never going to win that game. And Georgia Tech was kind of in a primed to quit 
moment. They were they had just come off that disappointing game and loss. Their interim head coach, you lose your luster as soon as you lose a game, and they did right away. You know, and you're coming in here against an outmatched team, um, a team you're outmatched by. And so anyhow, the tendency is to be sloppy. Now, I know we don't get the benefit of the doubt because we've been sloppy in situations against a lot of teams, but that is something that without question they had to have talked about, stressed, reviewed on film. At some point they're going to get that right. That doesn't mean they're going to be a good red zone team. It does mean they may pay closer attention to details and be buttoned up, though. Those are two different things. They're bad in the red zone because they're not physically able to bully anybody in a condensed field. I think they'll introduce Jordan Travis's legs to that mix, and that changes the math. They have sometimes been bad in the red zone because they couldn't rely on their field goal kicker to make a kick. I think he can make kicks. I think he's back to hitting the ball well. So these are two things that I'm no longer as concerned about right now. So you can't tell me that they didn't walk off that field against Georgia Tech because Mike said it and not have to hear from their head coach and position their segment group coaches how sloppy they were, how many times they had to go over that. I mean, this is – he got everything he wanted in that game. They, they covered, they won comfortably, and they made a ton of mistakes so he could read them the riot act. I think they're locked in. I think they're going down there to whoop some ass. For Mike, it's a statement game. It's an opportunity to beat your arch rival twice in a row steal some recruits, make a statement about what your program is, where they're at, and where they're going, more importantly. And if Miami can't match over the long haul what Florida State is presenting from a talent standpoint but an execution standpoint, we know between the 20s Florida State executes against everybody. Now we're just talking about making sure you get points in the red zone. If Miami can't slow them down at all, I just don't see how Miami – has the offense, given the lack of weapons at wide receiver, an injury to the quarterback. We'll see how healthy he is. I don't even know if Van Dyke's going to play. I know he's allegedly practicing this week. We'll see. Seems like some of his answers are leaving wiggle room for when he doesn't play. So I, I suspect of that. If he does play, how effective is he? Is he still dealing with that injury? Their offensive line has struggled to block it up against anybody with a pulse on defense. We're getting healthier on the defensive line at just the right time. It's the home stretch, and it begins in this game where you have a chance to harass, harangue the quarterback into mistakes because they'll make a lot of them, as evidenced by the eight turnovers they had against Duke and against others where they've turned the football over. I just feel like it all adds up to a great result for Florida State. I hope they're able to maximize their talent, that they're right mentally and physically at just the right time, I hope my hunch that Miami is reeling and that everything you see early in the game is a lot of false bravado from a team that doesn't really believe they can win. We'll find out. We'll find out. I'm excited about it. Um, but I really, I didn't run from it this week. I really, I feel like Florida State's primed to play well and, and get a big win here. Yeah, the only FEI, and, and I looked at this this week for the piece that's going to go up on, on Warchant the next day or so, um, but the only real offense that Miami has seen this year Miami's defense has been North Carolina, and that's a very good offense. It's a you know FEI is just an efficiency index, yes, it so is. it gives you a better look because it adjusts for opponent. And North Carolina is in the top fifteen of the country right now in offense. May is a very very good quarterback. It's an explosive offense. Florida State is just behind North Carolina. They're around seventeen or eighteen of the country. And I'll bet if they were better in the red zone, they'd, they'd be, be top ten or or yeah. top eight or whatever. But other than that, the offenses that Miami have seen in Power 5, have been in the hundreds for the most part. 
You've got Southern Miss, which is 120. Middle Tennessee, Duke, Virginia, 106. Middle Tennessee. Duke is actually the best of the rest of the bunch. Not good and they're around 58 to 60. I forget exactly the number, but it's but it's somewhere in there. So they're wholly average, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And North, this is where you can hear the other side of it, too. North Carolina had to try to not drop 40 on Miami. They really did. May actually played what I think is his worst game that I've seen him play. And I've watched about four or five of his games because I love watching good quarterbacks play. Remember the Sunday of uh, LSU. Mm-hmm. That game was on. They were playing Appy earlier in the yeah, day. Yeah. And you could see that, oh, they've, they've got them one. Well, they got Carolina, a guy. They got a guy. They were talking about how this is the guy. This is the one. He threw two awful interceptions, tried to throw three or four others, missed open reads. I mean, basic stuff that a freshman's going to do. And then between that and they go for it on fourth and I think it's more than four inside the 10-yard line. They come away empty in that possession. That's how they arrive at 27, North Carolina. There weren't a ton of possessions or plays in that game either. So that's how North Carolina got stuck on 27. The question is, on Monday when we return to the airwaves, are we saying the same things about Florida State's offense that you had to try to only score 24, 27 points, or do we maximize, to your point, is this a maximum output game? Because if it is, North Carolina was scoring the 40s, and we should absolutely score in the 40s. The Duke one is, is that's misleading. Because, because of those eight turnovers. Eight turnovers. And even Middle Tennessee, to a degree, is a little bit misleading because Van Dyke throws two picks inside his own 10-yard line. One was a first and goal. The other was a pick six. So it's 10 free points that they spot Middle Tennessee, which is, again, 106th in the country in overall efficiency, and they boat-raced Miami. Yeah. But this this team, this Hurricane team, their schedule has been weak, period. It has been weak, full stop. This is the best football team that they're going to have seen all season long. Not yeah. even close. Yeah, and, and, and I think they're going to get beat by this team the way they've been beat by lesser teams uh, repeatedly. I, I do. Now, there's no getting around it. When you have expectation, that is the only time that disappointment can absolutely enter into the uh, equation because disappointment is what happens when expectations are not met. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like to walk around my life scared to death that something's not going to work the way that I thought it would or, you know, worry about an outcome instead of the process. And I don't even mean that to sound coachy. And, you know, I'm saying, like, if I think that we've done all the right things to prepare for our vacation, I'm not going to sit around worried that once we get to Chicago next weekend that, uh, you know, the pa- the plane's going to break down on the runway and we're going to have to wait six hours to board. Yeah, like You don't do that. You don't do that. Yeah, those things could happen. Sure. You know, life throws a lot of stuff at you that is unexpected. But that's not how you go about the process of judging, evaluating, preparing. I, I just, like, Florida State, to me, given all the evidence that we have, should go play a good football game against a Miami team that is in year one of another rebuild with lesser personnel, injuries, and real crisis of identity on offense. They don't have difference makers at wide receiver. They've got a good tight end who does suffer from the drops. They've got inconsistent play at quarterback, partly because he doesn't like the offense that he's in. And certainly not as much as he did last year's offense. And an offensive line that struggles to keep him clean. And the running game takes forever. They've got a couple of quick hitter plays, but most of them are just long developing runs with a bad O-line. So 
this is all the stuff that you look at, you evaluate, you look at it from a lot of different angles, like I'm fond of saying. Of course, styles make fights. Certain matchups are bad for certain teams, but not others, even though they're of the equivalent. You know, it's, it happens a lot. But every time I looked at this game, I just kept coming back to, ooh, I don't know. I just don't see it with this Miami team. And I kept asking myself, are you nervous because that's Miami and you hate them? And your expectation is that this game is really important for Mike Norvell, for this team, and your expectation is that you're going to win it? So you're just reluctant to say what the film tells you to say, what the, what the, what the games, the evidence from the games tell you to say? And I concluded that perhaps I was. That, that uneasy feeling in my gut has more to do with the fact that I hate this team. Rivalry games are weird. Sometimes they can be extremely interesting. That's the classic cliche, throw the record books out the window and all that stuff. I, I get it. But, man, I don't think that we're going to go down there lacking focus. I don't think we're going to go down there and not be prepared to play a football game. They play pretty well on the road, Florida State. And in pockets they have. They have yet to put together a complete game. Like, I guess the LSU game only we say that because of the last quarter. But I, it that mattered. Counts, that, and that's... Fabian Lovett didn't play between LSU and Georgia Tech because of that quarter. Yeah. So that matters. It does. We played well late on the road against Louisville, though, when we had to have right. it. North Carolina and, and last year. year. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. had I, – I think he'll have him prepared to play. I really do. I do as well. But I think what we're dancing around here is something that – it's the quiet part out loud. Even though we believe that this is the right coach for this program and this time, this month helps dictate whether or not he is. Yeah. And does he tighten up? You know, do we are we is this actually about the coaching staff tightening up in situations or not? A game like this will help you determine if that's true. And what's the only way that you're in a dogfight outside of torrential rain? The twenty five percent chance is it's torrential rain and you've got you know, seven oh, well, fumbles either way, and they pick up four of them. All and bets whatever. are off if the weather introduces right. itself in this game other in than, a way that is deleterious. Yes. Other than those crazy scenarios, it's about coaching. It's the only way this game's close. It's the only way. If you don't have them coached up and prepared and dialed in the way that they need to be, how is it that it could be? Because is Miami going to get to the 30s in this game? I don't think they are. Do you? No. Okay. Well, what evidence so, would there be that they can get into the, thir- in, I agree. Into the 30s? There, okay. There's no evidence. So let's say it's 20 to 20 in the fourth quarter. Why? Oh. Why would that be? Didn't What's execute the most- in the red zone, missed some field goals, put the ball on the ground, allowed them to hang around. Sure. And at some point, you've got to point to the sideline on that. So that's the nerves well, here. I don't think they're going to do it either. I think they're well coached. But I'm. what well, is the most rational explanation for if it's not? And I, I know that's shock jockey kind of sounding stuff, but it's true. That's where my nerves come from is, come on, guys, cash in. Because yes, this because is of critical for you. It's important. I, we're going to have a large discussion, a, a big picture discussion at the end of the year. Regardless, if they win all the games, they lose two that they shouldn't, whatever it is, right? I know that'll shape the conversation some. I'm prepared to have the conversation right now. I believe, Tom, that... Well, I, I think there should be some changes made on this staff. I think the offense is pretty well coached. I like Mike. I think the program is moving in the right direction. It's going to be important that they play well in recruiting in particular because they don't have rock stars in the world of recruiting. Right. You need the wins to you help need, bolster you, your you case. Need, you need the wins. Yeah. You need the wins. They don't have rock stars out there on the recruiting trail. So you got to win games. 
the, the, the play on the field will help dictate whose eyes are open to your climb and success. Uh, so, you know, this game really matters. Well, and it's, yeah. I, I see Briley's comment, and he hits at it. If, if, if Coach Norvell is the right guy for the program, then you've got nothing to fear. In theory, yes. And I think he's the right guy. Oh, but but, I wanna, but, but I, hold on. Coaching, head coaches are just one coach. They are the head coach, but they are just one coach. This is also the guy who designs the game plan with Alex Atkins and, and calls the plays. And I don't, I'm not worried about our offense. You're not? I'm not worried about our offense. In any form or fashion? No. I'm not worried about our offense. I think we're heading in the right direction. We'll get better players in here, and we'll continue to well, climb. Long term, but I mean, again, situationally, that could short circuit what you want to do long term. Nope, if nope. you continue, I think the offensive line's better next year, which means we'll be better in the red zone. I think we're moving in the right direction. You got to get you a tight end in here. You know, still don't have one, but yeah, I mean, maybe you, maybe maybe Powers will be good. Yeah, I don't know. He's not yet. He's not ready yet, so we haven't seen him. But I, I got no fears about where we're headed offensively. I feel very good about it. So. I like Mike, and I, I like that Mike can make decisions about coaches, and I like that he'll have to assess this and and do just that. Um, but that does just because you like Mike doesn't mean you you can't say that there are areas of this team that don't concern you. There are, there continue to be. Um, I'm, yeah, you know, that's all I'm saying. I, I I and again we'll have this discussion. I'll lay it bare where my fears are, my thoughts, and my hopes, and and all the stuff in between. I but right now. It is important that they go win some football games, and I think they're going to. Remember, we came in here right after Clemson, and I really didn't even care to talk about the Clemson game because I knew how important these five games were going to be. I knew we were going to come out and destroy Georgia Tech, and we did. And now I think we're going to go down there and beat Miami. I'm looking at this from a positive standpoint, not a negative standpoint. I understand there's an underlying theme there that I have some concerns about areas of this staff. That's fine. I still think they're good enough and coached well enough, especially in certain segment groups, to go win a lot of football games, like all the remaining ones. And if you do that, it does two things. It opens more recruits' eyes to where you're headed, and maybe you get keen interest from better players that can overcome some things that maybe in areas that you're lacking. And then the other thing about it is it also confirms that Mike isn't going anywhere. And that's important if you do want to make changes. I don't know if he does or doesn't. But let's say he does want to make changes. All coaches have to evaluate their staff all the time. Self-scouting is huge. Understanding where you're strong, where you're weak, and shoring those areas of weakness up is vitally important to an organization. And very few organizations just arrive ready-made. So I get it's a process, and he's going to have to sit back and be like, you know, I like Larry. He's a great guy, but we could probably do better than Larry. And now that people know after I went 9-3, and three, I'm not going anywhere, maybe I can reach out to Tom over there at such and such. I've always liked the way he coaches and recruits. I'll call him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's not just about the kids saying yes. Yes. It's about coaching prospects saying yes because he has the track record of getting guys in good – sending them off to good positions, getting them promoted. Kenny Dillingham is the latest in the line of – Coaches that Mike Norvell has worked with that have done pretty good for themselves after they worked Very, with yeah. Mike Norvell, but they need to see the stability in order to yeah, take the leap. Yeah, if you're a coach right now and you have competing job offers, and one of them, you're a coordinator, let's say, and one of them's from Florida State and one of them's from, well, we just saw this play out, by the way. One of them was at Penn State, one of them was at Florida State. They went, uh, yeah, you know what, I'm not so sure Florida State's stable. I'll take the Penn State job. Yeah, the thing I'd say is I, I'm calling for it, too. My prediction was a wide margin of victory as well. But I'm just saying that if you need the wins, what is the thing that is most likely to short-circuit 
your ability to get the wins the over the next. I I think it's situational offense. Mm. Well, we just on that. I think it's threes and not sevens that okay. put you in a position to where you lose twenty four to twenty one or twenty seven to twenty four. If the final score of this game is twenty four to twenty one and Miami wins, I'm not blaming the defense for that. Right. I don't. I don't think that's how Miami would win this game. But maybe you're right. We'll watch the game and, and have the discussion. Then. I don't think it's going to happen either, though. It's just, um, this is if you're. If you're managing against the worst case scenario, or well, you know, what? But, but okay, so big picture here, you can have red zone issues that have nothing to do with cutesiness, that have nothing to do with Mike running a jet sweep, which he needs to stop doing. Sure, but it could have everything to do with the fact that you're not good enough, tough. Your tight ends don't block anybody, so it's awfully hard in a condensed field with numbers. They wanted to go jumbo earlier this year, yeah, and I think they wanted to with defensive tackles as well, but they're banged up there too. They want it. They want to play man's football. They do want to do that. Their their identity is to run. I just don't. They want just the, don't have the personnel in certain spots. I just don't want the red zone to hinder the greater thing here. I don't want that to be the battle you lose that short circuits the whole war. But 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 that is a, a an area and it already of, has done it right. But that's an area of weakness that is sometimes the problem of the head coach being cute and sometimes a lack of personnel. And those are two very different arguments. I think he's learned his lesson. I would hope by now that he's learned his lesson. I will bet you that red zone this weekend is very different, at least in play calls. I don't know what the results will be. I can't predict that. The play calling will be different because I think they will incorporate Jordan Travis running the football in the red zone. I agree. And and this type of game is one you circle in which you need him to be a part of the game plan. I mean, not, not just there, but 20 to 20. His legs have to keep Miami off balance, and if they do, that creates everything. All it's every week that's true, but there's some weeks you need it, and some weeks you don't. They said last weekend they don't need it. They were right. They don't need Jordan to run against Boston College. He had one run, and he chose to do it. That wasn't a called run. I right, think that was a right, scramble. Right, right. They said we don't need it tonight, and they were right. Yeah, and I think they'll need it here, and I think you they'll need, need it, it against Florida. I think they'll need it against Syracuse. I think in every game not named Louisiana, they're they're going to run him in these situations. Not to overblow the cutesy thing. But here's the problem with it, is you run that on second down, that's one fewer shot you got. Right, and so right. it takes you out of a rhythm. And I think our backup quarterback in one situation earlier this year bailed us out of having this conversation in that 4-0 start. Because if it wasn't for Tate hitting Johnny in the back corner of the end zone on a mm-hmm. third down, mm-hmm. oh yeah, who knows yeah. if we were having this talk earlier in the year. I think that masked the issue because you had the Wyatt Rector play, you had another end around. To Michael Pittman inside oh, the five, no, no, he, and you you cleaned it up by a player making a play and a backup making a starter's throw. But remember, they recognized in certain areas that they could put Lundy at fullback and just jam it up in there and give it a go. They've done it twice, and it's worked twice. And I would continue to do it. Yeah, I would. I personally, Lundy as the lead back. Come on now, Freddie Stevenson too. I would effort to old school this thing in the eye and, and and give Jordan the option. I might move him outside the tackle and let him run pass option there, a little play action. If not, give it to the fullback or give it to the tailback. You know, I was talking with Trey Jones, the golf coach at Florida State. He, he brought something up the other day, and we were talking about it. It was kind of funny. He knows how mad I get when I see any offense, not just ours, in the shotgun at the three-yard line or the two-yard line. It drives me nuts. And, and Unless I, it's the cat. You're okay with the wildcat. I'm cat. okay with the wildcat because yeah. that's a numbers thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I, there's power out of that, so I, I I can handle that. But we were talking about. It. He goes, you remember, you know, remember the highlight reels we used to watch in the '80s and early '90s? Would always have that that Walter Payton jump. It would always be down on the goal line. Walter Payton going airborne over the line in in scoring. I said, yeah, but it wasn't just Walter Payton. And I Nate, we went sat there and we rattled off all of these 
famous running backs. Marcus Allen did it all the time back in the day. I mean, you go on. Emmitt Smith, Emmett Smith do, did it in the 90s. He do with the Cowboys, right? Yeah, yeah. You go, so he's got they, why? Because they're seven yards back. They can charge it in, and it's up in the air. You got guys cutting. You go up. Every now and then it made for a great collision and a big, big sequence. But a lot of times the guys almost went in untouched. Just dove into the somersault. He said, you never see it anymore. I said, how is it possible to see it if they're in the shotgun? You can't do it if you're in the shotgun. Get the hell out of the shotgun. Stop doing that. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland, chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. So many miles to feed on the farm. You know, it occurs to me that our partner at ISF would have been served best by yours truly had I used that last segment for solving the future, which is me saying, get out of the shotgun. It, ISF is a group that is very collaborative with state government agencies and they'll go in there and they work with them and they do all those things that as we've talked about before and we like to make this segment collaborative in that same way uh, where they they make things more efficient and get technology to work better and, and do those things but also Tom you know I think that in this case we would not have had to collaborate I could just say to them get out of the shotgun I don't care what you want to do get out of the shotgun the good thing is, if you wish to solve for the future... Yes, like our friends at ISF. Right. If you have a plan to solve something, you've got short-term steps to be taken and long-term steps. Right. So you could always solve for this weekend rather than the next three years or mm. somewhere in between. I like that. And you know how you solve for the future, Tom? My Patriot Supply. We're all wait a minute. We're what? all gonna die. We're all there's no food anywhere. You can't believe it. Only you card carrying Americans have a chance if you stock up on our my Patriot supply now. That's like our guy in Watchmen who uh the T V series. <laughs> yeah. Who has, you know, the security system. Yeah. And yeah. That was all time great. Every yeah. time I hear that commercial I crack up laughing. I was like Or uh, Christopher Walken in that terrible movie with Brendan Fraser, which you could say about most movies with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, almost all of them. But yeah. the you know, they're they're locked away in the bomb shelter for 30 years. Yeah. He's got all the vacuum food. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. Uh, okay. So solving for the future of this weekend instead of, uh, instead of long-term solutions in the red zone. I think we gave the answer in the red zone, which does solve for this yeah. weekend's future. It, it does. Here's it. Well, here's one tough question. You could reject it could say, out of hand, no. How about the leading rusher this weekend? Because Treshawn Ward should be back in the fold. Mike Norvell said, barring something negative happening today or tomorrow in their practice or walkthrough, that Treshawn's mm. going to be back in the rotation. Oh, man, I'm really excited about that, too. He's uh, I, Listen, I love Benson. I really do. I think he gives you a different element at that position. But, man, he will have a tendency to just fall on a whole lot of nothing. 
Like, just why did you fall down there? What what uh, just happened? You know, if he decides not to cut back and just run to the end zone straight away against Clemson, who knows how that game turns out? Remember that play? Yeah, he also just got tackled by a guy's finger, and it's weird to be that mm-hmm. big, that strong, that tough, but that susceptible to just falling down because the turf monster gets you or whatever. I don't know if that's a weight distribution thing. He's lean. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure they'll trust Toafili again this weekend, but, you know, you just need to make sure that you don't put the ball on the deck. That's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very important, Tom. It's one thing to... L- I'd like you not to fumble the football. The wildcat snap is one thing. The other one, you know, you just... That's two in a game, so let's not do that. Does that affect the way that they distribute the football between the three might, backs? Might. Uh, Who do you like? I do... Uh, Sean. Are you asking about the leading rusher, mm-hmm. Treshawn? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about uh, him being back because I think I, he's a different type of runner, and he's more apt to, as you say, hit your head on the goalpost than any of the other guys. Uh, he's he's a guy that can make a guy miss in in tight quarters on the line of scrimmage, and then. Yeah, yeah. What I I would certainly agree that he's more likely to get you a 20 yard chunk than anybody else. And he will make the correct decision. Mm-hmm. About where to go, mm-hmm. where the he can read the linebackers quickly. Benson's got good vision, but it comes with patience. Treshawn has got good vision. If you've got less than a tenth of a second to make a decision, Treshawn is so good at that. He is, and you know, I, I do like that. To to compliment Toa Feely here for a second, even though he's put the ball on the ground. All right, there uh, you go. Uh, <laughs> you should. He's been really solid the last month. Yeah, except for the fumbles. Uh, but but I love him as a receiver, so I just like that he's basically a wide receiver. I mean, you, you could straight up line him out wide like that and just make him a receiver. Isn't it nice that the wheel is back now, too? Oh, yeah. With both he and Ja'Kai? We run that play well. The wheel is back. Yeah, we run that play well. I'd love to see that go for a touch. You know, the fun part about the wheel, and especially the way we run it, and we've run it in big moments and had huge success in big games, including this one last year. When you when you watch them when you watch that play, it's just the nature of the play. It gives you if you're in the stands or on high or you have a, a zoomed out view, you just it's so anticipatory. You can see it coming. You're like, oh, we got him, we got him, and you realize that the linebacker is sucked up or the safety is sucked up. You're like, oh, they got it. Yeah. And then the first thing you do is your eyes go from seeing that to back to the line of scrimmage. Are they holding up? Because if the answer is yes, this should be a touchdown. Then you go back to the quarterback, and you're like, don't miss the throw. Don't miss the throw. And then you see the throw, and you're trying to gauge the trajectory. Is he going to run under that? Does he have to stop? Is that too far? And as it's – oh, it's like slow motion. I freaking love it. It is football's version of the breakaway in hockey, where you can see that somebody is breaking open, yeah, or like, there's a turnover at the blue him. line, yeah. and your guy's cheating. Yeah. And you go, oh, make the pass. Make the pass, yeah. All right, then you made the pass, and so you're out of your chair, and you go, all right, now score, because there's a goalie yeah, still there. Yeah, there's still a guy right, there, yeah, like, yeah. All right, but it's just this quiet moment where everybody knows mm, oh, that yeah. you're beaten, mm-hmm. you're beaten in this situation, yeah. but will you get bailed out, in football's case, by a bad throw or a drop a pass? A drop pass, uh, safety comes over, makes a heroic play, say Notre Dame. Oh, my goodness. Good God, that kid. That play by Jordan was really good. Wow. I'll, I'll, I will always defend that play. That kid just makes – well, that's why he's a first-round pick. But that's the whole thing about – you know, we haven't talked a ton about Miami secondary. They've had their low moments. They have. Lack of communication from the outside corner yes. to safety yes. and passing it, off. It's almost like a mirror at times. And that's where the wheel would, you know, 
kind of come into play here. If you see the safety sag a little bit, you go, oh, if he's even. If Ja'Kai is even, he's more than leaving. Same thing with Toa Feely. There you go, ISF. We are straight up solving for the future with the wheel. <laughs> it's the wheel. Like, when when state agencies and governments, they, they call ISF, they're like, look, we have this vision, we have this dream, we want to make this happen, and we know that you can make us far more efficient, you understand how to work with local government, the processes and all that. What, what do you think we should do? ISF, in this case, would go, here's a wheel. You got here's a wheel. That is also a very corporate efficiency kind of symbol, too, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's not just the cog. No, we've got a wheel. We've here. got an actual wheel. Check out this wheel. There's a lot of tread on this tire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. That's great. Jeff Cameron Show. That was solving for the future. Our friends at ISF 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we'll flash them back up here real quick. I had Redemption Thursday wagers in hour one that we presented to you, and now we'll do an hour two really quickly. Thanks to our friends at Metro Deli of Tallahassee. I don't see why not. Remember, next Saturday. Free 20th, beer, right? 20th anniversary, free beer, prize. All supplies last for the free beer. Starts at 11 a.m. downtown Tallahassee Metro Deli. Prizes, games, they'll have a live band as well going from 11 to 4, and that's plenty of time before the kickoff next week. Isn't that great? 8 p.m. against Syracuse on ACC Network. So go pregame. Oh, just make it 11 p.m., guys. Whatever. Get your pregame on at Metro Deli. Yeah. Florida State minus 7.5. I laid it. Get you some, Miami. Alabama minus 13.5 against LSU. The dream is over. LSU goes from being number 10, according to the committee, which is already absurd, to out of the top 25. Liberty plus 14 against Arkansas. <laughs> Hugh Freeze wants a SEC job. UGA minus 7.5 against Tennessee. Tulane minus 7.5 against Tulsa. North Carolina minus 7 against UVA. TCU minus 8 against Texas Tech. App State minus 3. There it is. Uh, App State minus 3 against Coastal Carolina. Boise State minus 7.5 against BYU. And finally, Clemson. Minus three and a half against Notre Dame. I'm, I'm going against the trend right now with that Clemson pick. A lot of people feel like Clemson's on the verge of being beaten because they are fallible. Well, they are fallible, and they are not an elite team currently. But uh, Notre Dame's strength is running the football, not throwing the football. I think Clemson will commit to trying to stop that. And if they are successful, then I think it's a long day for Notre Dame. But I'll tell you what, early in the game, if Notre Dame can run the ball, uh, then you know what? I'm going to lose that bet. <laughs> I'm going to lose that bet. That's why I'm assuming that one's not on the card, I would assume. Am I, am I, I right? Don't, I'm Ooh, wrestling with okay. it. I'm wrestling with it a little bit. Um, Do you believe Clemson is well-coached enough that you feel certain that they can't be run on? That would be the question I would ask before. Yeah, they you, ought not be run on uh, because, again, I don't think you have to respect Notre Dame's passing game. So 
I mean, this should be – you don't have to be a Mensa on this one to figure out, like, guys, we've we got to stop the run. That's what they want to do. They're top 20 in every run metric Notre Dame is blocking-wise. All of those analytics tell you, because I had to preview them last week when I picked them for the sports book. And I, everything I read about Notre Dame, and I was right to think, you know what, they're going to go run against Syracuse's defense. And they did. But I don't think this is the same thing. I, I think that Clemson can say, no, 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 not today. We're going to have eight in here. You're not running. Because I don't think you can beat us out on the edges, throwing the football. Now, if they don't do that and they lose, good, good. That's fine with me. I'd rather Notre Dame win the game. Win, win. Yeah. I, I don't care. I'll lose the bet. If it exposes Clemson's downward fall further, great. Great. I would I would like that. I would, I'd be happy about that. Um, and so, we'll see. Uh, Feeling good about these games. I felt great last week, and I actually feel like I deserved a better outcome. I went 6-3-1, and one, but I, I feel like I feel pretty good this week. We'll see if we can make it two weeks in a row, please. Two weeks in a row, wouldn't that be nice? I agree, because I think I'm going to take a couple of these suggestions. <laughs> so let's hope that this is a good week. I think that Tom is in a desperate state. He's like, you know what? All right, I'm just going to take the redemption Thursday picks. Well, I'm mad at myself because I usually I got lost in the throes of football season this year, but I usually have NHL futures that also help uh, fortify. I'm quite good at the those. ranks. Yeah, I'm yeah, quite yeah. good at those, and uh, the season's already started, and a lot of my surprise things are happening. At least you could the first have done it. You could have done it. Eighth of the season, and, and you love it. Why didn't you do it? Uh, I forgot. Well, the NHL was not a high priority because we're doing a lot of things. Florida State was winning football games at the time. We were 4-0, and and now we're 5-3. and That's fine. Mm-hmm. But we were 4-0, and it was three straight top 15 opponents in the time that the puck was dropping on the NHL season, and I failed. New Jersey, for example, would have been an over for me, an easy over. I saw what they were doing at the end of the year, and look at them. They're in first place in their division, 7-3. Mm-hmm. and three. Whoops. <laughs> Doesn't that make you mad? It does. Very much so. Um... Yeah, it's funny. I, I, when you, you got to almost have the discipline. Like, if you're going to do something like that, for especially for futures, any futures, like, you got to say, you know what, on Wednesday, I'm going to sit down yep, yep, and I'm yep. going to jot out all the things that I think about what's going to happen in these divisions. And, 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 and then, you know what, then I'm going to send off to my guy my picks and we're going to get it done. It's going to be these three hours or this two, this two hour window. But it's a really big game against Wake. We got to break down the Wake game. No. You do your futures. You sit down. You just get up an hour earlier, Tom, and you get those futures in. There's nothing, by the way, I really take great pleasure in uh, when I when I make my bets illegally as opposed to the legal ones that I make. Whenever I'm betting illegally, I get great joy out of texting the person that I'm betting illegally with at 5-something in the morning. There's some real dedication to sending in a, a, a wager at 5.37 a.m. Like, I, I, somewhere in me, I can picture him smiling as he's making coffee. Like, my man, he's got his priorities straight yeah. on a Wednesday. <laughs> I, I would imagine that if somebody is conducting in that business with you yeah. in, in an illegal manner, yeah. that they're already probably up yes. because that would be the time that they make sure that the ledger is clean. Yeah, got to make sure it's all up to date. And I like that. I like that. I just like, I feel like it makes his day too in a weird way. He's like smiling, like bzz, bzz, the phone, like who is texting me at 534? Oh, Jeff's got six wagers in. <laughs> That's great. 
It's just hilarious. Like, you could start a movie that way. You should send uh, little gifs with it, too. Little gifs? Yeah. Like a little wave. <laughs> Hello. Do you think... I mean, we didn't talk about it today. There's a lot we haven't talked about in football season. It's hard. Like, for example, I'd love to just point out the very obvious situation uh, with, with let's say, the Kyrie Irving situation in Brooklyn. Like, that doesn't take much to solve. I told my son this today. Now, obviously, beyond the ridiculous anti-Semitic movie that he tweeted out, uh, the Title Four and all that, besides all that, that's just self-explanatory. I don't have to talk to anybody about that. They understand how foolish that is and all these debunked tropes and all, all that stuff, right? If you have an employee, any employee, anywhere, okay, and they don't want to go to work and they don't show up for work, what are we doing here? This has been going on for two years. Like Simmons, for example, we're just not, we're not going to go to work. Well, you have to go to work. I'm paying you. You got you got to work. You got to play. You know, what is it you say you do here? I've never seen anything like it. It goes on these days. It's a star-driven league. Simmons isn't a star. Just tell him to go home. We're done here. We're done. You can't play. You suck. You don't. Goodbye. Why do we have you have hour-long debates on ESPN about these things? I'm like, he doesn't show up for work. What are we talking about? This is simple. This isn't, well, if he gets it. No, it's two years. What are we doing? This is all common sense stuff. If my man doesn't show up for work, he's got to go. We're done. I don't know who signs anybody in any walk of life to a contract that says, I'm going to pay you handsomely to just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> That's not how that works. You, you have responsibilities. You want the money? Then you got to come play. If you don't want the money, fine. Go stare at the moon. Think about Zen and Buddha. Do whatever you want to do. But if you want the money, you got to show up for work. Just don't fall off the edge of the earth when you get to me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, that came up and it made me laugh. I'm just like, oh, my God. And this, there's just so much obvious stuff there. But then the other thing we didn't talk about was another football game. And that's Florida and Texas A&M. Two teams struggling. Hey, that's a nooner, too. You get to watch that full spectacle. And you know what I think about, too? I think this is so – it's a fascinating game. I can't – I can't. I didn't put it in my picks because I cannot figure out where to go with that game. Yeah, you know what was interesting last week? I, I really haven't broken down a ton of Florida stuff. I watched them play Kentucky, and that was fun. And a couple of these games I've watched, they've just been fun watches. You know, you're popping a beer, having a conversation. You're not watching down to down because we're off or it's before the game or after our game, whatever right. the case may be. But last week after we got off the postgame show and I'm watching Napier call and sequence some plays against Georgia, they're rallying in the game and in one drive, they've got a third and eight. He calls a standard run and he punts. I'm thinking, what? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm mad about some of the fourth down things we do, but I get why we do them. We either don't have a kicker or you want to be aggressive. My man is in plus territory. I forget the exact. It might have been the third quarter, let's say. But it's third and eight. It's not a trick run, and they're not going for it on fourth. I, he's doing some weird things. My first real impression of just watching them play for play, I thought, what is he? what's his goal here? Yeah. Was his goal to get out of there, or was his goal to try and stage a rally? I, the, the oddity of – by the way, we were talking to – you and I during the break at one point we were kind of talking about some of the other coaches and games. I don't think for in the case of Florida, just using Florida here. Let me say this: 
I I don't think you could you'll you'll know much about Napier and for that matter Mario Cristobal with Miami through one year. Like we know because we've witnessed what it's like here. When you take over a program and you're having to introduce new ways of doing things and you have a new philosophy and guys got to learn offenses and defenses and they got to accept you know the new way of doing things and all that. You're going to have bumps in the road. Not everybody's going to be on the same page. You got to weed some guys out. You're going to have hiccups and problems. There're going to be moments where you're made to look bad. You got to Tallulah some guys out. Thank yeah. you. Well done. Yeah. yeah, there are things like that, but I don't. I, I'm hesitant these days to say I know what I need to know about oh. these guys. In, in after one disastrous year of, of a beginning of a rebuild, I, I don't do that. Agree, that's that's not what I'm saying either. Yeah, you know, no, not I because know. I saw and here it was. They actually ended up going for it, but it was a third and seven near midfield. He calls a standard run and the formation where Georgia was playing it. it never, I mean, you check out of that. Whatever you need to do, you don't run the play. It's a gain of one, so it's fourth and six now. Right, basically at midfield, and the throw doesn't have a chance. And I I loved Danielson. Sometimes makes me laugh. I know everybody hates him and. He's pretty bad at times, but he made me laugh because on the third down call, he goes, I don't love that. <laughs> I mean, he really, he just says, it yeah. was just, mm, I, I don't love that. Yeah, You could tell he was trying to think of why would he do this, and nothing reasonable came to mind, but I digress. You know, by the way, did you see, um, so Florida, for example, runs, they love to, it'll be interesting to see what we do when we play them. They love to do this. It's just eye candy. Again, it's a deke. They, they'll they have a receiver go in motion and come out to the flats and just stand there while another one comes here. Now, they never intend to throw this guy in the flats. The intent right, right. is to throw the ball down the field. And the reason you know that they don't intend to throw it in the flats is because there's no blockers. So there's nobody there to help him if you do check down at all. And you look at the other complimentary routes, that it's not meant to be thrown to him. And, dude, Anthony Richardson will check down to that dude Five out of five times when they run that play. I would never call it again because clearly my quarterback doesn't understand the concept. Like, my man, under no circumstances do you throw it there. That's a good point. One thing I'd say about that checkdown type throw in our offense, if Miami plays us the way that they've played other teams, it's wide open and you got to make the decision now. I hope we use it a lot this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we have intent on those Oh, yeah, we got yeah, blockers. We, we got blockers. It's just hilarious to watch that. It's It's fascinating. Thank you, Tallulah. Appreciate you sponsoring that final segment. We didn't get the announcement of anything because I was prattling on about formations. Good job, Tom. Good job, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you next on a Libations Friday. We almost made it. Hang in there, everybody.